This is Carl. Don't be afraid. The Don't treasure. be scared. We are in the beginning of a mass extinction, and all you can talk about is the money. There's no other developed country with anything like the wealth of renewable energy resources that Australia has. It's the number one issue facing humanity, and it's the number one issue for me. Well, this week, the International Energy Agency gave its annual update on the progress of the clean energy transition. And while urging nations to go faster, there was a green tick for the transition to electric vehicles, EVs. By 2030, the agency expects there to be 10 times as many EVs worldwide, though I suspect my next guest might think that's actually a conservative figure. Why? Well, it's all about China's huge car market and brands that are probably coming to a showroom near you. And this has American, European and Japanese car manufacturers very worried indeed. They're now securing their supplies of critical minerals used in EVs, as we've seen this week in talks between US and Australia. Let's hear more of this story. Michael Dunn is an automotive analyst in San Diego who specialises in China. He's the former head of General Motors in Indonesia. Hello, Michael. Hello, and thank you so much for having me today. Michael, how fast is the shift to EVs happening around the world? Well, here in Silicon Valley, we have an expression that goes, the future is already here, it's just unevenly distributed. And that's exactly what we're seeing with electric vehicles. In China, one in three new cars are now electric. In Europe, it's about one in five, and here in the United States, it's about one in ten. So China's way out in front. China, in fact, builds and buys more electric vehicles than the rest of the world combined. And the West is now waking up to the reality that they're behind and they're playing catch up. Can you give us a sense of that Chinese EV market, please? Because we were alerted to this um, a few weeks back. We had on the show uh, a German economist, Jorger Wutka, who had lived in China for many years and, and was the representative of the German Chamber of Commerce. And he told us that the Shanghai Motor Show last year shocked European car man- manufacturers. It really was a bit of a cliche, but he thought it was a game changer. Do you agree? Absolutely. I remember last April getting a phone call from my good friend, Klaus Meyer, who used to be the president of Mercedes-Benz in China for several years. He was visiting the show. He called. He said, Mike, it's a complete shock. I can't believe what I'm witnessing. The Chinese are way out in front and the Western brands have been sidelined. It's a revolution. It's a moment in time. In the, in the years past, all the 25 times I've gone to auto shows in China, it was all about the foreign brands, the Mercedes, the Toyotas, the Volkswagens, the Hyundais, the Buicks. Not this time around. It was BYDs and Neos and Xpungs taking center stage. So the, it's a trans- transformative moment, a real shock for the West. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to BYD in a moment. What sorts of prices and choices are Chinese consumers looking at for electric vehicles? They have the whole spectrum of pricing, and I've driven many of their products. So first off, for many people who have not been to China recently, forget about your notions of what Chinese cheap and cheerful. No, these are world-class vehicles that are priced up and down the spectrum, starting at you know, as low as eleven, twelve thousand dollars for your city car. That's US, isn't it? US. So mm. what? About fourteen to or fifteen. Oh, uh, fifteen. Yeah. Mm, yep. In Australia, uh, and then on the other hand, BYD's just launched a new brand, 
called Look Up with SUVs priced at 150,000, so about 180,000 Australian dollars. This is phenomenal. So you can have your affordable entry car, you can have your midpoint car, or you can have your luxury car. This is a um, complete change from just five years ago in China when what they built stayed in China and it was really sort of mm, not that desirable. They've improved vastly in terms of design, both outside and inside. The digital experience is phenomenal. The quality is great. The price is irresistible. So China looks like, in a way, like a Godzilla of the auto industry when it comes to electrics. It's it can take on anything in its path. Yes. You haven't mentioned Tesla once, interestingly. <laughs> uh, right. Are they there? They are there in a big way. In fact, not many people realize just how big Tesla is in China. One half of Tesla's production globally this year will come out of China. Much of that goes to the domestic market, but Tesla also exports to third countries, Europe, Japan, and Australia. So, China is a pivotal base for Tesla. They make a lot of money there. They're loved by Chinese consumers. And Elon Musk would like to do everything in his power to sustain that momentum. Um, how, has, how has this occurred? When did they become this Godzilla? That's a great question. So going into COVID, it's as if, you know, you go into the car wash on the one end and your car is dirty and old and forgettable. And then you come out the other side, it's brand spanking new. That's sort of what happened with the Chinese auto industry going into COVID, eh, just sort of puttering along, no great shakes, not remarkable. And then it's come out the other side and people are wondering what exactly happened. Well, what I call is Tesla effect. Tesla began manufacturing its Model 3 in China, brand new plant in Shanghai in the early part of 2020. And you can see immediately it transformed Chinese perceptions of what an electric car was. Up until then, it was sort of a commuter car, a compliance car, something that putts around it, but not desirable. From 2020 forward, suddenly Chinese consumers said, oh, this is a highly desirable, advanced, best-in-class car. I want one of those. And Tesla sold hundreds of thousands of them. This has had a knockout effect, of course, with other Chinese automakers who all of a sudden, they're selling EVs and the Chinese consumer said, oh, I should try those ones too. So look, China has Tesla to thank for this moment in time when attitudes towards electric vehicles really shifted. And then they started a very different type of industry. I mean, I'm thinking of the sort of, you know, the start of the auto industry with Henry Ford and so on. They started mm. plunging money in, like NEO, for instance, uh, and BYD. Now, t- tell us how differently they're thinking about the cost of capital, for one thing. Right. So think about these companies as part of a national effort to propel China to become the world's most powerful and leading auto industry. So up and down the supply chain, those companies enjoy support from local, provincial and national government in terms of subsidies, in terms of low cost loans. They also get energy to their factories at discounted rates when they export cars they'll get rebates back. There's lots of incentives for this industry to take off and it's worked really well. Second thing is they've changed the industry in the sense BYD in particular, like Tesla, highly vertically integrated. So up until 10 years, five years ago, automakers assembled the final vehicle and marketed it through their dealers. 
BYD and other Chinese manufacturers are vertically integrated. That means they own their own battery. They own their own battery supply chains, even the minerals in some cases. So this is a definitely stepping into a new era for the automotive industry globally. And the Chinese are, yeah, they're, they're out front. But they're also prepared to lose a lot of money. They, they have all these... Mm. Now, that seems to me to be what is changing the game. Tell us yes. about that. <laughs> the willingness to lose money on Neo, gosh, they, they lose, they've lost billions of dollars and yet they have the knowledge that they have the state behind them. So how do you compete with that? If you're a manufacturer in the United States or Germany or France, you look around, how, whoa, the Chinese are 30% less expensive than we are thanks to all these subsidies. They still lose money on their products, but they're not bothered by it because they're on the march for a greater and greater market share. Now, the good news out of this is that customers in Australia will enjoy ever more affordable and high-quality EVs. Uh, that's hard news for the Western automakers, but good news for consumers. Yeah, I just want to give listeners some notion of how much money we're talking about in terms of losses. Yeah. Neo lost uh, about one point three billion Australian dollars from April through to June, about thirty five thousand US for each car it sold. So, yes. I, I mean, how on earth do you compete with that if you're Mercedes <laughs> or Toyota? See, the, the Japanese are interesting here. Tell us how the Japanese are reacting to all this. Well, they're digging in. They're saying in China, they have also taken it on the chin. They've lost market share in China to the Chinese because they say we can't go and compete on price. The only solution is for us to innovate with ever better technologies. And in particular, the Japanese are hoping, betting on a breakthrough in what's known as solid state batteries um, that would allow them to manufacture batteries at lower cost and provide longer range, which is the holy grail for electric. So the Japanese are saying there's no way we can compete on price. We have to innovate and break through on technology. That, that's where they are. That's their answer. Um, let me just tell listeners that Michael Dunn is my guest um, and we're talking about the dominance of China in the electric vehicle market. Uh, you ain't seen nothing yet, that's what people are saying. You might be noticing some on your roads. Look, there's another very important aspect to this, which is the payment to workers because really car workers in the US and Europe are paid on a totally different scale, aren't they, Michael, to Chinese workers? Totally different scale, different planets, you know, the average American auto worker today makes three times as much as his counterpart in China. And on top of that, UAW just has negotiated a 25% increase yes. on top of that just this week. At the same time, get this, I talked to Chinese manufacturers. What are they doing? They're replacing workers with robots and automation because they want to drive their costs ever lower. So it's that they look at the United States and the UAW negotiations and the Chinese are absolutely astonished. Oh, my goodness. We're driving costs down. They're jacking costs up. This is terrific for China. Mm. Look, listeners are asking whether the EVs will be backed up by service and support, after-sales support, whether there'll be, say, satellite systems for software updates and and safety reports. I suppose they're the types of extras that Tesla drivers do currently enjoy, apparently. I don't have a Tesla. Uh, Tesla's not an EV company, it must be remembered, is it? Mm, that's right. I, I have driven a Tesla now for eight years. I'm on my second one, a Model S. 
And the over there updates are phenomenal. It's like getting Christmas every couple of weeks. <laughs> oh, gosh, this has improved on my car. Oh, I can drive further. Oh, there's new uh, uh, new map on my uh, center, tax, center stack screen. It's just tremendous what they can do with software updates. And those will be available on Chinese cars that are exported globally, provided that they're able to clear certain regulatory hurdles. And now we venture into the subject of geopolitics. There is concern in the West, hey, what, what about these cars that might be driven autonomously, may have software updates going back to China with our data? How is that going to play out? It's still early days. We don't know, but it's something to watch. Now, before we uh, get further into responses from American or European EV manufacturers, we Mm. must talk about BYD because you mentioned it earlier. All of a sudden, there's this new electric car on the road. Mm. BYD formed 1990s as a battery manufacturer for, guess what, for cell phones. Then 10 years later, the chairman said, let's get into the business of cars. And his board of directors said, no way. We have no knowledge, no expertise. Capital-intensive industry will never make it. He said, I understand what you're saying. We're going into cars anyway. Today, BYD this year will surpass Tesla in overall EV sales to become number one in the world. It's also got a market capitalization that's greater than Ford and GM combined. Um, it'll sell about 3 million cars, including record numbers into Australia, record numbers into Europe. They're really a, the powerhouse coming out of China. Warren Buffett invested. Uh, they're a formidable automaker, uh, one to watch for sure. Well, I must just quote, Wang Chengfu is uh, its chairman and Charlie Munger, the legendary Charlie Munger, uh, you know, the partner of Warren Buffett said, Wang Chengfu is Thomas Edison, Henry Ford and Bill Gates all in the same person. So <laughs> have you met this man? I have, and you would not believe how unassuming, modest, soft-spoken he is. You could walk past him on the street and not even notice. He looks like a regular engineer like thousands of other ones I've met in China. But if I did notice him, that would be a big mistake. He is a genius. He's ambitious. He's driven. He grew up in a a poor family in rural south-central China, what a story. Went mm-hmm. to school in Beijing and then later moved south to Shenzhen to start up this company making batteries, as I said, for mobile phones. He's quietly a genius, but he, he doesn't show it at all. The opposite of Elon Musk. <laughs> Whatever Elon <laughs> Musk is, uh, Wang Chongfu is on the other end of the spectrum. Look, the supply chain of critical minerals for renewables and batteries has been a top order issue in talks between our two countries this week. Do you think this will make a difference, Michael? Is it uh, more to do in relation to supply chains? One assumes, I suppose that's what it, it means. Can you illuminate us, please? Yes, the United States, I can share with you that I was recently in Washington, D.C., meeting with senior uh, members of the government, let's just say senior government officials, and their priority right now is to secure access to these critical minerals. But the background is that China and Chinese companies have largely controlled many of the critical minerals that go into manufacturing batteries. And the U.S. looks at that and says, we could get boxed out. So this is where the relationship with Australia is incredibly important. And I feel like it's a win-win for both 
countries, we have to secure access to those um, minerals, especially lithium. Uh, Look, I take it that these rapid advances really are a positive thing overall. Is that how you'd see it? So long as the fuel for the cars is from a renewable source, then, I mean, emissions should come down, shouldn't they? They should. It will be zigzag, to be honest with you. <laughs> There's, it won't be straight line. There's, it's like an accordion where, oh, the demand for EVs is run out in front. Do we have the bat? Oh, gosh, we have the batteries, but we don't have the minerals in place. We have to mine, find mines for lithium. So it's, it would be nice if it was all aligned. It isn't aligned. It'll be jagged and zigzag for years, but eventually we'll get there and we'll all be better off for it because Overall emissions from the ground to the tailpipe will be lower than we experience with fossil fuels. And look, incredibly quickly, are the no- the normal manufacturers we know and love, quotes, are they going to survive, Michael? No. <laughs> they're, they're at high risk. Watch this space. Will they be able to make the transformation? That's a question. The jury's still out. They're scrambling. They're under pressure. Wow. Let's, let's see. Lovely to Mm. chat, to get that fabulous overview. Thank you very much indeed. Tremendous. Thank you for having me. Michael Dunn, sketching what, as I said, is the really big China story. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.